Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast. And today we're going to continue the conversation with Dr. Peter Kim. I wanted to make sure to cut it up into a couple of different parts because I really wanted you to listen to the whole thing. So rather than me cut down the content, I decided to split it up into two. And today we're going to really get more into his investing side. You're going to discover his side hustle, how his frustration with real estate led to him creating something that's now making a great side income for him. You're going to find out how he is monetizing real estate without physicians paying out of their pocket for a concierge service. You're going to discover the nonprofit that is close to his heart and why he is spending and dedicating his life towards a cause. You're also going to find out how he find how he found time, how he found passion outside of medicine and and why he now feels like he has more focus than he had before. Also my friends, you're going to learn why he thinks entrepreneurship isn't a special characteristic trait and why he thinks physicians can do this. And then finally, you're going to be learning about the role of real estate in his portfolio, his goals, and how he thinks business success is often the opposite of what you practice in medicine. And then finally, you're just going to love the advice that he would give himself as a resident. Hint, this has to do with financial mentorship. So I thought it was a really great stuff really great things Pete brought to us in the second half of the interview. With no further ado, here is part two. Absolutely. Well, I did, I did mention in the intro, you have this concierge service. You started this side hustle, curbside real estate. And I know our good friend, Nee Darko, did a great interview on how you got started. So I don't want to regurgitate all that stuff. So I definitely encourage everyone, listen to that interview of how Pete got started and why he named it curbside. But for those of you that aren't familiar with the service, just give us a quick thumbnail sketch. What is this all about and, and how'd you get started on it? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, he went deep into it. So again, I'll, I'll leave it to that. But just in brief, uh, again, when I went to buy my own home, I had a lot of difficulty figuring out the whole process. Nobody teaches us this. You're kind of on your own. Um, I had a difficulty, you know, a difficult time finding a good loan for me. Uh, again, finding a good realtor, figuring all this whole process. And again, you don't really have the time, right? As a busy physician, you're trying to get out in your practice or your residency or whatever. Um, and so it was really born out of my own frustration. I kind of figured out I mean, again, I learned the process, and I started sharing it with a lot of my friends. And next thing you know, they started sharing it with their friends. and just started growing organically, and a light bulb went off in my head, and I said, look, I, this needs to be something that's more of a formalized service. And so uh, I put it together. I called it curbside real estate for, um, you know, I, again, it's my, my tagline is where the, the physician's curbside consult for real estate. And what that ultimately means is that, you know, we're kind of a professional, professional um, consult or a consulting service for physicians to help them and match them to the right physician loans and ultimately help them match them to the right realtors as well uh, so they can have a really smooth, easy home buying service. I mean, really, that's our goal. I call it a concierge home buying service for physicians and at no cost. And that's really what my goal has been the whole time. I want them to have this added value this uh, somebody holding their hand uh, along the whole process, but I didn't want them to pay anything extra for it. And through our company and through our network of realtors and lenders, again, that's where I secure some, uh, you know, some fee or commission from them to be able to uh, be part of our service. 
And that's allowed me to monetize this whole thing without actually, you know, asking the physician to pay for anything. Um, and so we've done that. And again, something that's been, we started doing actually this year is we added a social component to it. And I think that's part the part that I'm probably the most proud about at this point, um, hmm. where, um, you know, again, I'm trying to help physicians and that's my passion. But again, I've always had a passion to do some sort of else outside of myself, some sort of greater good. And we've been able to do that and kind of integrate that into our business where for every transaction that we do, uh, or any physician does with one of our network realtors, we're able to provide a child uh, a home who doesn't have one. Um, and so we're in the process and hopefully maybe by the time this podcast is out, um, our first rescue orphanage will be, have, have been built. Um, and awesome. uh, yeah, exactly. And, and we're doing this and we're going to keep doing this. Um, and so um, I'm really proud of that, and I'm really excited by what we've been able to do. Well, here's, here's what I'm wondering about, right? I mean, you, you're choosing to do this side hustle, and obviously there's a lot of ways you can make money, right? I mean, as, as a physician, as an anesthesiologist, you could do locums. You could do all kinds of stuff. Where did you find the time to carve out to do this, and what's, what's really – keeping you going doing it as opposed to being in medicine? Why, why the interest in this other thing? Right. I kind of alluded to it a little bit before, but, you know, in college I kind of always felt like I had a little bit of that entrepreneurial spirit in me that I never really got to fulfill. And mm. so um, I've always carried that with me. And so when this opportunity presented itself, I just ran with it, you know. Um, it's nice because it kind of blended, you know, my – yeah, I guess I, I get to work with physicians, and I understand the medicine component of it. I understand the lives of these physicians, but I'm also able to kind of blend in and kind of fulfill that again that spirit and start something that really provides some value and some service in, in terms of a uh, in terms of a company, right? Um, in terms of a, kind of like a startup, and that's something I've always wanted to do. And it's um, I think when I wanted to do a side hustle, I didn't want to do anything again like that was specifically in medicine. I mean, I, I think. Uh, it's easier for me in medicine just to exactly stay as an anesthesiologist. I have a very good job. I'm very happy doing what I do, and I love it, right? Uh, it mm. actually restricts me from doing anything in medicine outside of my group practice. In fact, it's written into the contract itself. So that mm. actually made it easy, too. So if I'm going to do another side hustle, it kind of has to be something outside of medicine. And so, um, again, I was interested in real estate. I was interested in real estate investing uh, and these kind of things. So... Um, it just is like this luckily fell in my lap and I just feel it's like the perfect blend, right? It, it blends medicine, physicians, real estate. And um, because I'm passionate about it, you know, I do find time for it. You know, it's obviously I'm busy. I have my full-time job. I have a family. I have two children. And so um, finding time for it is it, not easy, but it's funny. Like anytime I mean, you ask anybody, everybody's busy, right? Um, but you know, this, if you are passionate about something, you want to do something, you're going to make time for it, and you're going to find yourself finding, becoming a lot more efficient in other aspects of your life, you know. Um, I used to spend a lot of time, get home, you know, I used to sit on the couch, watch a lot of TV, and that sort of thing, and I found that kind of time being reduced. Um, mm. Yeah, a lot of time that I did waste, I mean, essentially waste, uh, not doing sure. anything productive. Um, but now, you know, now that I have my family, my job as a physician, um, this job, curbside, you know, dedicated to curbside, you know, I've really been intentional about how I spend my time. And it's, I, you know, in some ways you actually find more time to do the things you love in a way. 
Well, I find for me doing this podcast, for example, I mean, I just enjoy just connecting with people. I mean, you and I would never have a chance to have this conversation if it wasn't for yeah, absolutely. Having, having the podcast. Uh, do, do you find kind of that connection part being an important thing for you, or am I off base there in terms of what you do? No, it's awesome. I mean, again, I, I've connected with a lot of physicians that I would never have connected with. I mean, again, I'm an anesthesiologist, so I work with a lot of anesthesiologists, you know, some uh, surgeons. I do a lot of obstetrics, so I work with a lot of OBGYNs. But outside of that, I don't really talk to a lot of other physicians, right, uh, in, mm-hmm. in different fields. So because of this, I've been connected to physicians, you know, internal medicine, radiology, um, and all sorts of different type of, of um field and so I get to work with a lot of different physicians which is awesome so I get connected with again there's not this is one of like the biggest moments in people's lives right uh, especially physicians I mean besides finishing practice you know um, you know having children you know one of the big accomplishments in any physician's life that you want to kind of get to is like look I want to buy a home right and settle and, yes. and kind of start my yeah. life and so I get to be a part of that and so it's been really exciting it's kind of like it's really fun to be a part of their lives and um, and it's hopefully something you always remember well, that's, that's awesome. I think that there's some good stuff in there for people to think about. And one of the, the questions that I'm trying to bring up more recently as we do these interviews is that I hear this all the time. There's like this tone of regret in, in someone's voice. And maybe even you could describe it as kind of a little bit of longing of, I wish I had this business education. No one ever taught this to me. And I was checking out your website, and you and I were, were talking, and it might be renovated by the time this podcast comes up. And, and it's gorgeous. I mean, you've obviously spent some time or had someone build it for you. And I would love for you to talk about some of these business lessons that would be awesome to pass on to other physicians that you're learning that they would never learn if they're just doing clinical medicine. So what does that look like for you, Pete, in terms of some of the business lessons that you're learning that we can pass on to others? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, we're lucky with the Internet and, and all the resources that are available to us. I mean, even something like this podcast, right? Um, this may not have been around, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Um, the, the resources are all out there. And it's just a matter of you looking and being a little aggressive and finding these things. I mean, there's books, there's podcasts, there's amazing blogs out there. Um, so all the information's out there. And I, I don't think it's, you know, some people have told me, ah, oh, I'm not born with it or I'm not that type of personality. Um, I absolutely don't think, you know, it's, I mean, there are some people that are technically more natural at being out there and starting businesses, but I think it's just a matter of like a mindset, you know, and I don't think it's anything special that I have or some of these other guys that have come on your podcast necessarily have uh, that's like innately special with them. I think it's more of a mindset. They just decided, look, I'm going to do this. And, you know, as physicians, I think we all have, and I've said this before, we all have the hustle in us. I mean, we wouldn't be where we're at. If we didn't have that kind of hustle or that ability to kind of really grind and get there, you know, the and so ethic. it's just a, the work ethic is there. And I think that's what really ultimately makes people successful is that they have the work ethic and they just have the mindset and they go for it. Right. And they're persistent. Um, and so I think we all have that in us. So, and the resources are out there. So I think it's just a decision. I really think it's pretty much a decision and um, it's something that anybody can do. Any physician can do. Um, it's not, you don't have to necessarily do real estate or anything like that or whatever your passion might be. I mean, I personally know physicians that are doing all sorts of different stuff as well. Um, you know, anything that kind of follows their passion. I know people that are doing photography, physicians that are doing photography or like, you know, um, woodwork or something like that, you know what I mean? Which is crazy to me. Um, I know there are physicians that are, um, 
you know, that are doing uh, uh, all sorts of different type of businesses where they're, you know, investing in restaurants or starting uh, franchises and that sort of thing. So it's just a matter of what you want to do, and it's all out there, and the opportunities are out there. The cool thing is that as physicians, we always have our day jobs to fall back on, um, yeah. and I think it's very steady, and I think it's busy. So that's your steady job. And we can do these all things on the side with, with not, without having to take a good amount of risk, in my opinion. I mean, we all have our good, stable incomes. I think we're going to be able to – provide and uh, for our families at the end of the day no matter what um, but we're you know it doesn't hurt to try and, and take a risk so well he, well here, here's a point that that really comes up to me that when we know that obviously a lot of businesses never make it you look at podcasting or blogs you know the vast majority do like podcasts there's like four or five episodes and they, they fall away and never hear from it again the average um, blog probably has four or five um, but those that are successful, those that do make it, whether it's photography or, or a business like this, at some point there gets to be this tension, right, where you have the passion and you have the regular income. And you start to have to make this choice of where am I going to spend my time? Uh, so for you doing what, what you're doing, do you see there being a point, or, or maybe you're already headed there now, where I'm going to have to reduce my clinical hours because I'm getting enough income and busyness from my side hustle that it's, it's taking more and more over. That's no longer a side hustle. It, it's, it's actually a, a job. Uh, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I honestly think that's a, that's a good problem to have, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. If your side hustle is growing to the point where it's providing income um, and it's competing with the income that you're getting as a physician and it's demanding some more of your time, I think that's a good thing. Um, and so I've gradually, you know, I've gradually started actually reducing my clinical hours, um, but not until the job started, uh, until this, you know, curbside or, or some other, just, you know, side investments or hustles that I have, um, started actually producing the income. That way I necessarily wouldn't have to put my family, my, my family lifestyle and, and that sort of thing, you know, worry about my wife worrying about whether we're going to be able to put food on the table, that sort of thing at risk, right? Um, I think, again, physicians have that unique opportunity to kind of build their side hustle slowly. Um, and as it grows, and if it demands more time, makes more money, sure, reduce your clinical hours. And ultimately, that's kind of the where, place I'm trying to go to. Um, I, I've been able to do it, and I'm continuing to do it. I don't think I'll ever give up, you know, medicine altogether. Um, I, I just really want the choice. I think that's what it is at the end of the day. I want the choice. If I want to do a little bit more outside of medicine, I can and still feel confident that I can support my family financially. Um, but if I want to do some more medicine, I can do that as well too. And, and finding that right balance, there, there, there is a right balance somewhere in there, and I'm kind of moving towards it. So, so in, in your situation, I think of your wife also being a physician. Is she practicing still this particular point, or what does that look like in your, your case? Uh, uh, she, she does, and she works part-time. Um, okay. She's actually so she, she, cut her she, clinical time quite a bit, which is nice. Okay, good. So now you have a situation where she's, she's helping to raise your young family, and, but she's still working in medicine. So in a sense, when, when you have a two-physician household, as, as in your particular case, I mean, you have some leeway there, right, where you have either lever you can pull down on if, if exactly. you're having more of a passion for some of this other stuff, um, right. which, which is a blessing um, that, that I know there's an awful lot of two-physician households that I know I work with and a lot of other people have out there. Um, 
maybe can you talk about real quick, Pete, in terms of what's the impact been on your family as you found your time being more compressed, you find yourself being more uh, productive doing these other things? Talk about that impact on your family of, of doing this stuff. Um, I, I mean, I hope, I mean, you have to ask my wife, I think, to get a definitive answer, <laughs> but I think, I, I, think, I think it's only been good for our family because what's been happening is that, you know, as this uh, side business and this income has started to kind of bear fruit, I've been, I've been able to reduce my clinical hours, um, and a lot of that involves night calls. So um, what's that done is that it's allowed me to kind of be at home a little bit more for, you know, for mm. dinner, putting the kids to bed. Um, and also the next day, you know, most if, you know, any doctor listening out there, post-call, you're just like a wreck, you know. Your mind isn't in the right place. You're exhausted. You're tired from the night before. You just don't feel right, especially if you've been up the night before. And so not, and kind of reducing my, my, my calls at night has really given me, you know, it's given me time and days back to kind of spend with my family. And uh, especially if it's a weekend day, I mean, again, I, I try not to work on any of these side hustles if I can, um, especially when my, 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 you know, my kid is out of school. I really wanted to devote that time to my family. And so, honestly, I think it's freed up a lot of time ultimately for me. And, and my wife sees that I'm happier. <laughs> um, I think ultimately I'm ha- and healthier. Uh, you know, these night calls are, can be brutal at times. So um, I, I think it's only been good for our family. I mean, it really, it's been amazing. That's awesome. Well, you alluded to this earlier, and I do want to touch on this because this isn't something that we cover enough, I don't think, in this podcast. And heck, maybe you can come back another time. We can talk more about this. Um, I would love, with your experience giving other people's advice on on buying houses, um, it sounds like rental properties have been part of your investment mix overall. Oh, it's definitely been. In fact, it's probably in terms of where I spend my investment, uh, you know, my savings, and where uh, you know, in terms of my portfolio, it's actually pretty weighted very, very heavily in real estate. I mean, I invest in the market as well, too, but again, it's major. I mean, good portion, probably more than, you know, maybe a, a typical financial advisor might uh, advise, but I've gone really heavy into real estate. So what does that look like? You know, like, what does, what, what has been some of your greatest successes and failures? If you could just share with us just a quick couple of minutes on that. Sure. I mean, again, I've been out of practice about, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm into my sixth year at this point. Um, I think the goal for me uh, has been to try to pick up a unit um, or some sort of investment property in terms of averaging out about one per year. Um, that's been about the goal for me, and I kind of set that in my mind. And so it's looked different, you know, from, from year to year. I mean, I've been very fortunate that, you know, we have a, um, you know, I have, at this point in terms of my portfolio, I have, a, you know, a condo that I rent out in a nice, uh, like a professional district. Um, you know, I bought a, this past last year. I bought a single-family home out of state, um, and I with a partner of mine who also happens to be a physician. You know, we bought a small apartment building last year, um, and it's been an amazing experience. Um, you know, again, we've made mistakes. Uh, you know, we're learning this all on the go. We kind of joke that this is like our uh, real-life MBA. You know, uh, you learn as you go. Um, possibly we lost a little money or we spent a little bit more money than we needed to. I mean, there's this whole mess. I, I can go to some other time with our contractor. We ended up having to fire our first contractor and, you know, uh. the things that you can't, you can't, you can't know about until you actually do it. Um, and so that was a little bit of a mess, but again, it's on the job MBA at the end of the day, you know, we look back and, you know, now that it's all settled, you know, we're cash flowing. We have a good amount of income coming from that and it's only growing over time. And I think ultimately for us, we both feel as partners, partners like look this was the best investment we've ever made actually um 
and you know we hope to do more together. Um, I've also invested in in some real estate syndications where you know you buy fractional shares of some apartment buildings. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, anything having to do with real estate, I've actually just tried it because um, yeah, I think that's the best way to learn, right? You got to try. I mean, you yeah. can read about it all you want, and I you know uh, one of, yeah, there's some amazing podcasts and some amazing resources out there online, but you've got to try now. Again, the biggest failures for us were that, you know, there's just certain, it's just almost impossible to know, you know, uh, how to deal with some of these uh, contractors, vendors, and that sort of thing. But you, you eventually get better. You just learn on the job. And so, yeah, we made mistakes. <laughs> we made a lot of silly, stupid mistakes. We've probably wasted some money as we've gone. We haven't been the most efficient. Um, you know, we've even had to learn how to work as a partnership, which has been amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, again, it's not easy, right? Um, but we've had to learn as we go. And honestly, at the end of the day, again, my focus has been on buying properties that cash flow. Um, and so at this point, it's nice. It provides a nice little, um, you know, side cash flow on the side that allows me to ultimately, again, reduce my clinical hours. Uh, and, and that's what I've been doing. Well, that, that's great. And, and obviously, you've gotten some bumps and bruises along the way, which we're just going to have to do another time because we, we're running out of time for today. Oh, absolutely. But I, I, I think that the the main thing that I just got out of what you're saying is you're not afraid to fail. And, and I believe that you really, in many cases, you have to fail to success, which a, as a physician, that's like the complete opposite of what you've been taught, right? <laughs> right. You know, you don't fail your way to healing a person. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? I'm curious to hear your, your take on that. Right. I mean, it's kind of the, uh, there's this old thing in surgery. Again, I'm not a surgeon, but they say measure twice and cut once, right? Um, where, you know, again, I think physicians are, are um, you know, you analyze and you analyze and you analyze and you analyze and you make sure you have it right, you have it right, and then you take your, your step, right? Because, again, the, the stakes are so high, right, especially yeah. in medicine and health. And you go by all the evidence base, you go back and you research and you look at all the papers from the, the past, you know, 15, 20 years on the subject and you read and read and read before you make a decision, right? Um, unfortunately, you know, in real estate or in certain other fields, it's not quite that way, you know. There's so many different variables. And the thing is you can analyze forever. Um, the thing is sometimes you analyze it to death and they call it, you know, analysis paralysis at times where <laughs> you can analyze and analyze and analyze and analyze and you never make a decision. And unfortunately, in five years, you end up, you're, you end up in the same place, you know, where you never bought it, you didn't buy an investment property or you didn't do it. And now you're looking back five years later and saying, man, I've done nothing, you know, for the past five years because I'm looking for that perfect, perfect, perfect opportunity where I have everything just lined up perfectly. Unfortunately, life isn't like that, right? I mean, any part of life, it's not, you can't, unfortunately, you can't do it. Even when you, you know, you choose your, your spouse or your partner, I mean, it's impossible to know every single little thing until you're in it, right? Um, and so I think you do your best and you find out all the information you can, you do your, you know, um, and then at some point, you just got to make a commitment and go for it, right? Um, and sometimes, you know, again, you learn along the way, you know, and the next time you get better at it. So, uh, for me, I've kind of made that decision where, you know, I'm going to make my analysis. I'm going to go for it. There's going to be a lot of unknowns, and uh, that's okay. And so uh, I'm just going to keep moving forward, you know. And, uh, and luckily, you know, it's, it's worked out so far. I think we've been in a good market for the last five, six years. So it's kind of made everybody look like a genius in so many ways, you know, even with the <laughs> stock market. Um, yeah. And so who knows when the next correction comes, which people say it may be pretty soon. Um, 
you know, it, <laughs> I might have to come back on this podcast and say, here's what, here's all the mistakes I made. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, at this point, it's been good. I mean, there's been some bumps, but overall, it's been an amazing success, and I, I don't regret it, you know, one bit. Well, you just, you just sell everything in Southern California, and you buy everything in the Midwest, see? So that way right. you don't have oh, to yeah, worry about the it. crazy West Coast stuff. <laughs> that's the answer. All right. Well, well, Pete, as we wrap up this interview, I'd like you to ponder this question for a second. And I want you just to imagine you're not a practicing physician. You're a resident. So if you could sit down with this younger Pete, the Pete that is is working his way out of credit card debt, doing extra shifts, you've had that moment. What advice would you love to sit down and give to young younger Pete? Um, one thing I didn't do enough of, and I, I kind of wish, is that um, you know we're so focused on the med- medical aspect of our, our training. You know, we're we're we seek out all our mentors there that are in kind of positions that we want to be med- you know, medically. But something we don't do is kind of look out for people and physicians that are in a good place. We want to be like in overall life, right? That have that nice balance between having good finances and life. And I know there were a lot of physicians along the way that I remember in my training that seemed to have it all together, right? I mean, they, you know, they were happy at doing, you know, their job as a physician. They seem like they lived a very good lifestyle. They talk about their family. They have good family lifestyles. And, you know, they go on good family trips and they travel and they seem to have it all together. The funny thing is I never approached those people about asking them about what they did to find that balance, you know. Um, you know, what, what did they do financially? You know, how did they set themselves up financially when they first started, you know, out of training? What did they do? How did they allocate their funds? How did they save how did you do all these things? I never asked them. They're like the best people to ask. And I regret that because a lot of things is it's almost easier to learn from your, I mean, you know, again, even in medical, like you can just learn from reading, but it's so much easier to learn from these like practice physicians who have been there, done it. You learn from them hands on. And I wish I had done that. And I really wish I, again, sought the advice of mentors, again, not just in the medical field, but in terms of finances and, and just life, overall life balance. And that's what I would tell myself. If I could go back, I would say, look, you see those people that are successful, that seem successful in your mind, um, and just approach them and ask them about their lives, you know, and, and just try to get as much information, the wisdom from them as possible. And that's something I regret not doing. And so that's, that's what I would tell myself. Do you think the hesitancy could have been of money just being a taboo subject? And I guess my, my question to you would be, how would you advise yourself to approach these people? What, what does that look like? Yeah, I think in terms of like you framed in terms of like, you know, if you frame that like, how, you know, how do you make the most money and why are you driving that nice car and how can I drive that <laughs> nice car? You know, I think that that would that would probably rub people a little bit the wrong way. Uh, but I mean, if somebody asked me that, I, I wouldn't know where they're getting at, and I'm okay with it. But um, I think in terms of more, your focus is more on that balance. You know, if you ask them, how do you balance everything in life? You know, between your taking care of your family. You know, being a physician with the with the you know with the state of medicine that it's in, uh, finding that happiness where you have a good you know and able to devote time to your family and these kind of things. How do you find that balance, and how do you kind of prioritize things? And I think money ultimately will be a part of that. I mean, it really will. It has to be. And so um, you learn that on the backside. So I think if you approach anybody or any physician or attending in that way, I think people are more than willing to share. You know, so um, I think that Great should be the focus. Great mentorship there. You know, there's, there's so much, though, that we're just going to have to have you back on again uh, to cover some of particularly that, that rental stuff. I'm just fascinated by that. I'd love, love to have you back on in the future. But uh, for today, Pete, any other closing thoughts you'd like to make folks aware of? Yeah, I think we've talked about it quite a bit. Uh, maybe we're going to beat it to death. 
But the, the, the biggest thing that, again, when I talk to my friends and colleagues who, who do approach me and they have ideas and they have things, but they, again, there's this hesitancy because they feel like, oh, I don't have the training, I don't have the business, whatever, I didn't grow up, I didn't take the courses in college. Um, you know, I tell them, look, the opportunities are out there and you see it. And so uh, I tell them, you know, don't be afraid to take risks. I, I think the, the bigger risk is just staying in medicine and putting all your eggs in one basket and expecting that to kind of get you to the place where you want to be in life in terms of your balance. Um, you've really put your hand, you know, put your life in other people's hands, right? So I tell them, look, just don't be afraid to, to, to take, you know, take a leap. Um, really pursue those opportunities. Um, and at the end of the day, you'll have no regrets. You know, at least you tried. And um, hopefully podcasts like these that you're doing, and you mentioned, uh, you know, Dr. Nidarko's Docs Outside the Box, uh, podcast, but hopefully things like that will continue to uh, give people the, the courage to try to get out there and try these different things. I mean, I'm still learning as I go, and I make mistakes, but um, again, I, I don't regret it one bit, and it's been amazing for me, amazing journey. Well, and, and for me personally, I think those those are great words, and, and, and what great lessons. I think, in my opinion, physicians are, are the smartest and brightest we got when you look out there, and as hard as you guys work to get through medical school, to get through residency, to be an attending physician, your skills are so much more valuable than just medicine, in my opinion. And so whether you own a practice or you do real estate or you have a, a side hustle like you've had, I really want to encourage everyone that, that you are the best and brightest. This is stuff that, that you can do. Uh, any other thoughts, Pete? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like I said, I don't want to toot my own horn. Or I mean, I think, you know, people in medicine obviously are, uh, you know, we spend so much time and dedication to kind of train and work hard to get where, where we're at. Yeah, and they have the opportunities out there for them. And, and, and hopefully, here's, here's my ultimate goal. I, I want people to stay in medicine. But I, just, I just wanted to let you know that saying all these things, I'm not trying to tell people to leave medicine. I'm really trying to hope that they stay in medicine, but they find other additional sources of income. Uh, so that they can kind of support the lifestyle and find that right balance. Thanks so much for being with us, Pete. And if people have more questions, how can they get in contact with you? Um, yeah, they can just check out um, my website or our company website. It's, it's www.curbsiderealestate.com. Um, again, our, our focus on that website is to connect people to this network of, of lenders and agents. But also, again, something that we're continually trying to do is add more resources in terms of education. I think the education is really important uh, for physicians so that they can make a good informed decision. And so hopefully by the time this podcast comes out, we'll have a fully fleshed out uh, you know, educational site. There is an ebook that I've written um, that I'm continually always trying to improve. They can also just download that for free. Um, again, it's all in the name of being informed and making good decisions. So um, they can contact me there too. There's a form there. Um, where you can reach out to me. And again, I answer all emails, phone calls. Uh, happy to do that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Pete. And that wraps up for today. In the next podcast, my friends, I would love to tell your story. And just as Pete has done and just being so vulnerable and open and honest with us, I know we can learn from your journey too, and it's going to help other doctors. So make sure to contact me, Dave, at drfreedompodcast.com or on my website, www.drfreedompodcast.com 
freedompodcast.com. For the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, this is Dave Denniston. And remember, my friends, remember to slash your debt, slash your taxes, live a liberated lifestyle. Also, if you gain some value out of this podcast, I would be ever so eternally grateful if you could take five minutes and review it on iTunes or Google Play because reviews help more and more physicians become aware of this podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure to subscribe. Check in again soon. Have a good one. All right, my friends. Well, that wraps up the interview for today. I hope you gained some great stuff out of this. I just love learning about physicians and everything that they encounter because I believe we can learn from these experiences. Thank you again so much for everything that you do. From the bottom of my heart, I believe in you. I believe you have a great financial future ahead of you. Apply these lessons, my friends, that you learn in these podcasts. And don't be afraid to ask for help. And as always, I'd love to know your feedback, your comments. Make sure to email me, dave at drfreedompodcast.com. And I promise you, I will get back to you within two business days whenever you email me. Whatever you got, whatever's on your mind, let me know. I'd love to talk to you. Love to help. Signing off for now. Talk to you later. <laughs>